You're listening to the Back Porch Talk Podcast. Danny and Jason had many discussions and debates on the back porch while making pivotal investment moves with assets. That's right, with trading cards. They welcome you to the back porch and right into those discussions about current sports news with a fresh and unique twist. So come on and join us. Welcome to the Back Porch Talk Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jason. This is your co-host, Danny. And we got a packed show for you today. We have our NFL reaction. Chris Paul, CP3, where is he going to go? We have our World Series picks, Coach Prime, and an interesting trade scenario that involves Chris Paul. So stay tuned for that. To our NFL reaction, uh, we found out who the Packers are and something on defense. Now, defense can't stop the run. They need something in the secondary. But my question is, how many cornerbacks are we going to draft? This feels like over the past 15, 20 years, we've gotten defense. We've gone defense uh, in the first round. And so, Danny, I was watching the Alabama-Georgia game this past Saturday, and it just felt like Alabama has a plethora of receivers. I felt like if we could just get a hold of just one of those receivers, if we can draft one of those receivers, that would be such a game changer for the Green Bay Packers. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers and, and the squad was saying, oh, well, we didn't practice well. Uh, we needed this as, you know, to humble ourselves, to make sure that we continue the practice, all that stuff. Man, we heard that all before, man. And I really feel that if we don't draft a receiver, it's almost time – for a trade. Maybe we actually trade for a veteran receiver. Maybe we actually go get an Odell Beckham Jr. Maybe we go get somebody of high quality that's already a veteran. We don't have to necessarily break in. We can just have them come into our offense, plug and play, and let's go. Maybe it's that time. I've looked at several mock drafts way too early, but I've seen, seen it where the Packers in these mock drafts are actually selecting in the first round a cornerback. I've seen it in other mock drafts. I've seen uh, a receiver from Purdue. I, I'm like, I just don't know about a 5'9 receiver. Come on, Packers. Wake up and just go ahead and get a good quality receiver and stop messing around, man. Let's, let's go. Bill, what's your reaction, Danny? Uh, week six brought my Atlanta Falcons their first victory of the year. We had a little text going back and forth where I told you to wait till about 2.20 p.m. CST just to make sure my boys didn't choke in the fourth quarter. And we finished it, got the first win for Raheem. So that was a great sign for the team to put a complete game together. Granted, it was the Minnesota Vikings, but like we said before, I just wanted one victory to see how that felt. And just seeing the team, like I said, play a full game, putting the pressure on. It'll be interesting now to see they play the Lions this week and how they react because the Lions are primarily a running team now. Last week, they ran for like 200-some yards. And Adrian Peterson, I don't know how he's still doing it, man. But he's still out there, still 35 and just getting touchdowns. He doesn't look 35 when he plays. He's a little slower, obviously. He's not the AP like we used to see, but he has games. So I'm curious if we get victory number two this week on to week seven. Well, congratulations on that first victory. Congratulations on uh, the interim coach 
uh, Raheem Morris list, and I was afraid that he would go over. I'm glad that he got that one victory, man, so he can at least put that into his win column, man. So congratulations on that victory. Now to Chris Paul. And for NBA fans, look, it, it's about time to really start talking about the offseason here. Chris Paul uh, obviously is with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Oklahoma City just recently parted ways with their head coach or now former head coach. Billy Donovan. And Yes, Billy Donovan. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And they are now in a rebuild mode. The question, you know, we thought about was, well, what's going to happen with Chris Paul with this huge contract? Where is he going to go? I'm pretty certain that he doesn't want to be in this rebuild situation mind you chris paul made this year 38.5 million dollars next year he's going to make 41.3 million dollars and then in 21 22 season uh he has a player option which he's going to take that player option he'd be foolish not to accept that player option of 44.2 million dollars the question is what's going to happen with chris paul especially in this rebuild situation. What you got, Danny? So looking at the numbers here, Jason, and a couple of the teams that may qualify for or want Chris Paul's services, the Los Angeles Lakers, reuniting with the Clippers, mm-hmm. the New York mm-hmm. Knicks, they're always the team of, of the rumor <laughs> mill every offseason trying to get some free agent or make a trade for someone, and then the Milwaukee Bucks. Okay. And looking at this, I was trying to think of what could these teams offer the Oklahoma City Thunder who have a bazillion picks over the last couple of years for all the deals they've made for when they traded Russell Westbrook, when they traded Paul George. So what else would they want if they're rebuilding? I was looking at the Lakers salary wise. They really don't have much to match up with to make that trade. So I don't know how in the world the Lakers could do it. I know the Lakers would want his services, especially mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. a lot of their veteran players coming off the books, such as Rondo. They may resign, but they out there for free agency. Same with the Clippers, man. They gave pretty much all their picks to the Oklahoma City Thunder. So unless there's a sign and trade like a Montrez Harrell and a few others. I think I think Montrez is going to look at what's out there. And the market is going to be so good for him. I think he's going to just, you know, really take that, that pot of money. And then you look at the Knicks, and the Knicks have some picks available. But then you also have to figure out, salary-wise, what could they offer? And I just don't see it. Mm-hmm. I think Chris Paul would not be excited about going to New York, honestly. No, not at all. <laughs> Especially not at this point in his career. Exactly, exactly. He wants a championship. He's, he's looking to get that championship. Yep. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. And then from the Bucks perspective, it has to include Bledsoe. But then you look at the the roster, there are a couple possibilities where they can take a, a group of players such as like an Ursan, Ilyasova, mm-hmm. Bledsoe, like a DJ Wilson. I don't see them getting rid of Brooke, Brooke Lopez. Mm-mm, definitely not. Definitely not. They're going to keep Brooke. But his contract would fit into a package to send to Oklahoma City to make it work. I'm looking at is either the Lakers or the Bucks as the two teams vying for his services seriously. I think the Bucks have more to offer than the Lakers. So that's where I think yeah. the Bucks are in the driver's seat if they were to pull off a, a trade. I just don't know how they make it work salary-wise to bring him to Milwaukee. I think you can put together a package for Milwaukee that would include 
Bledsoe, in which he's making sixteen point eight million. Yep. Uh, I would include George. I would include George Hill in that package. I will want to, but you're gonna have to sacrifice something. Yeah. And if you were to sacrifice something, I, you know, George Hill's making nine point five million. So right there, that's all automatically about twenty five, twenty six million dollars in contract, along with Urson. Uh, uh, who's making seven million? So that's what thirty about thirty-two million right there. You might as well go ahead and throw DJ in there at four. So that's about thirty-six million dollars right there in space that you can go ahead and package up, send to OKC. Not that forty-something million dollars, but ownership did promise that they would go into luxury tax. Yes, they did. So I would go ahead and package those those individuals up, and I think that would still give you some room to maneuvering in terms of getting some other uh, another piece uh, you got you would then have your big three of Giannis Middleton and CP3 but you're, you're gonna have to have a deep commitment <laughs> of come on uh, Dante DiVincenzo you're gonna have to step up man Pat Connaughton's a free agent do we re-sign him? Thurlane Brown's a free agent do we re-sign him? There are some questions there Kyle Corver free agent I think he's about to retire but if you're going to go into the luxury tax, I think you got to go in there, no realizing you you got to put it all out there, man. You already wasted the years. I think I would go ahead and throw in. I'll, I'll go ahead and throw throw in George Hill. Got it. And I I'll say this too about George Hill because I actually really like George Hill with the Bucks. I mean he he can shoot the heck out of the ball. Uh, very good three point shooter. Here's a question: Wesley Matthews making two point six mil for next season. If if you throw Wesley in keep George Hill, but realizing you're going to have to go deeper into luxury tax, possibly, depending upon how you work things out. I would rather prefer to have George Hill, but contractually, it just seems like, you know, the massive contracts, it, you may, we may have to ship George Hill to get TP3. Yeah. And the only bad thing about that is depth. And George Hill is someone in the playoffs that has stepped up mm-hmm. time and time again yep, when exactly. they needed they needed someone to step up. He was usually the one mm-hmm. playing in the fourth quarter, making shots and playing great defense. They would miss him definitely uh, if they did trade him. So, yep, CP3, where you going to go? We'll see. This is going to be an interesting offseason. And another point to consider, do we wait until the middle of the season to get that to make that trade because the, at that point in time we wouldn't be on the books for his whole year yearly contract so that may be another thought there so we'll we'll see now for our world series picks world series between the los angeles dodgers and the tampa bay rays who you got we're one game in i'm taking the dodgers with this i can see it though going six games just due to tampa's pitching the arms they have in the bullpen but the Dodgers, man, are on a mission. And I don't know if you watched last night, but Mookie Betts, he was Mookie out there giving Betts, them the business. Man. Oh, my gosh. Man. <laughs> he was out there giving them the out business. Of, out of control, man. <laughs> and it was great to see see him get his shine because even though he played with the Red Sox, I think he's just getting a different mm-hmm. respect playing with the Dodgers. Also, seeing Kershaw finally pitch a game where he could relax a little bit. They got him a big lead, uh, jumped on Tampa Bay later in that game. So I'm thinking the Dodgers, man, the way they came back on Atlanta, which Atlanta, I feel for the Atlanta Braves, they had a great season. But it looks like the Dodgers have World Series in their future. How about you? Look here, man. I have the Dodgers in this one. The Dodgers are just due. It's time. They've gone through a lot. 
They've had a huge controversy with the Houston Astros, and they're just due. Mookie Betts, like we just mentioned, had an awesome game. Bellinger, I mean, he just shows up. He just shows up uh, at the right time. And so that combination alone, I, I just think that that's going to be enough to really carry the Dodgers uh, over the top. I think Kershaw, I'm glad that he's going to uh, a ring here to really solidify his Hall of Fame credentials. I definitely have the Dodgers in this one. Uh, I'm going, I might even say in five games. I, I just think that Dodgers are just due. It's their time. Uh, I'm giving it Dodgers in five. And I will say this. This is going to be great for Magic Johnson to be able to to be part of the executive team of a baseball franchise, uh, to be a winner in L.A. again. Man, that's just the story beyond belief, man. So Dodgers in five. And now we have Coach Prime. Coach Prime is the head coach of the Jackson State University Tigers. Uh, he has come on a scene big time here and where he has really provided a lot of great marketing to Jackson State, the whole athletics department, and is really proving a lot of dividends. And so now there are talks about Coach Prime actually not having a film crew but also potentially negotiating a contract, allegedly, of having a reality show with the Jackson State University football team. Now, I would say that's pretty cool in that that's going to garner a lot of more attention, a lot more marketing to the school, mm-hmm. to the program, and also to the rest of HBCU football. So I think that's going to be interesting. Again, this is all allegedly, uh, but you know how the rumor mill goes. But I will say this. I did notice something quite interesting about uh, Coach Prime's contract. Uh, This is out there on the internet. The source is uh, Sports Illustrated, an article done by uh, Ross Dellinger on October 16th of 2020. And within this article, it says, that Coach Prime's contract, it is a four-year contract worth $1.2 million uh, and an automatic extension uh, for an eight-win season. This contract also, it's an annual salary of $300,000, which is uh, pretty much on par um, with coaches at that particular level. The contract goes until November 15th of 2024. Also, a part of this contract, according to the article, get $10,000 for a SWAC Southwestern Athletic Conference division title and $30,000 for conference championship. If the team reaches the Celebration Bowl, this, which is the season-ending game between the SWAC and the MEAC, the Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference champion, he would receive $50,000 for that win. So there's a lot... It's, The contract is really incentive-based, but here's the point of the contract that really, really caught my attention, really caught my eye. Coach Prime also gets bonuses for ticket sales. And so if a game draws more than 30,000 fans, he gets 10% of all sales after the 30,000. And then he receives 10% of all season ticket revenue 
after the first 10,000 are purchased. And if Jackson State changes conferences, he gets $100,000. I don't think they're going to change conferences. But I just thought that that was quite interesting about the ticket sales. Mm-hmm. And maybe this is the whole bit here in terms of the potential reality show, all the uh, circumstance on his uh, podcast, Barstools, uh, et cetera. All part of his contract is kind of like a uh, get-out clause uh, here. Again, there are several ways to trigger uh, the automatic extension of the contract, but to think about how to get out of this contract, uh, if uh, the athletic uh, director uh, leaves Jackson State, Sanders gets a one-year extension. If he leaves the SWAC, he gets if, – if Jackson State leaves the SWAC, he gets two years to the deal. So – there just seems to be, oh, I, I think this contract for all intents and purposes is very, in a sense, good for both sides here. I just think that uh, the other thing, too, that I uh, just want to really quickly add here is he he actually posted something on social media where he's requesting those students, current students who specializes or has experience in in media in terms of cutting up tape or uh, possibly doing promotional uh, videos. Now seeing uh, after he posted that, I've seen some of the reactions out there as a fellow HBCU alum and future member of the uh, SWAC, uh, that being the Florida A&M University. I'll just say this, Deion Sanders, a Hall of Fame. Yes. Is Deion Sanders a two-time Super Bowl winner. Yes. Is Deion Sanders considered one of the best cornerbacks of all time, if not the best cornerback of all time? Yes, sir. Does Deion Sanders have access to the NFL network? Yes. Does Deion Sanders have access to ESPN? Yes. So here's my my point. And this is, you can look up the stats for, you know, his play on the field. His connections off the field, yeah, that could be auto allegedly. We don't know wholeheartedly, but we're going based upon his previous work experience on the NFL Network. And at one point, yes, he was part of ESPN. My point is, if he has access to all these great things as a Super Bowl champion, as a defensive player of the year, as a Hall of Famer, he has access. And therefore, he has seen a lot, and therefore, he can help a lot. Yes. And so I just think that we have to really pump the brakes and throw a shade at Coach Prime, Deion Sanders, for asking and possibly giving a job to a couple of current students in where that could open doors for them mm-hmm. for other opportunities down the road. This is much like an internship uh, with real-world experience with – a coach that has those professional credentials. So I think this is an excellent opportunity uh, for the student body at Jackson State University and hope that they do well. But again, just not against my Florida A&M University Rattlers. With that, we have an interesting trading card scenario. What you got, Danny? So for today's trading card scenario, we have Gary Payton's 1990 Fleer rookie card for Chris Paul's 2005 Bowman 
rookie card. Couple quick bios on the players. Gary Payton was the number two pick overall of the Seattle Supersonics in the 1990 draft out of Oregon State. Paul was the number four pick overall by the New Orleans Hornets in the 2005 draft out of Wake Forest University. Both are point guards. Gary Payton played 17 seasons, nine-time All-Star, has one ring, nine-time first-team All-Defense, one Defensive Player of the Year. Chris Paul's played 15 seasons so far, 10-time All-Star, no championships, seven-time first-team All-Defense, one Rookie of the Year. So, Jason, you have these two cards. I'm coming at you with one or the other. Which one do you want in your portfolio? This was a hard choice, man. At first, I thought I had it down. Mm-hmm. I knew who I was going to take. But after looking at the the stats and comparing, I, I was just I'm just kind of torn. I'm still torn right now. But the fans know where I'm going here. <laughs> going back to what they did in college, mm-hmm. you have Gary Payton, Oregon State University, and I mean, we're talking about someone who stayed in school all four years. And not only that, but consensus All-American, three-time All-Pac-12. He was a defensive player of the year, took the squad to the NCAAs multiple times, and he can bought this ball out of his mind. The fans know where I'm going. Does it translate into the NBA? Hell yes, it does. <laughs> translate it into the NBA, man, because – GP, the glove, was really known as a defensive superstar. And we got to think about this, too, for a moment, man. His legend carried on on the West Coast. Out of Oakland, went to Oregon State, played for the Seattle Supersonics. The legend just grew on the West Coast, man. Not only that, we're talking about a guard who led his team with Sean Kemp to the NBA finals. And again, in Seattle, and I said this before, I think the NBA is Seattle wrong. I, I still feel that the Seattle fans are, were one of the best fans in the league. Every time I would turn the TV on and watch Seattle game, yes. that crowd was just nuts. <laughs> hype. And so, <laughs> man, they need to have a franchise back in Seattle. I really believe that. But in that season – that they went to the NBA Finals. That was a 64-win team. In the playoffs, they beat Sacramento Kings, Houston Rockets, and the Utah Jazz to advance to the Finals. So GP has this great, great career, has a great college career. I think one point against him, though, and that really happened after uh, watching the Bulls documentary. You know where I'm going with this. <laughs> I know exactly where you're going. I knew you were going to go here. And the fans know where I'm going too. When they showed Jordan that iPad and they asked the question to Gary Payton, you know, would it have made a difference if GP was on Jordan from game one in the finals? <laughs> and the reaction from Jordan said it all, man. <laughs> that reaction has turned into a meme and it has gone viral. So I'll say this about Chris Paul. Had a good, had a very good college career, two-year career mm-hmm. in, in college, went to, went to the league, and he's a proven leader. And that's what he's known for. He's a, you know, scrappy defensive player, goes into the league, and he does his thing um, in New Orleans, then 
you know, he bounced around to like so Clippers. Uh, I think what really messed him up was David Stern not allowing that trade. Oh man! To the Los Angeles Lakers, where he would have partnered up with Kobe, and we got to think about that for a moment because honestly, you think about that trade. Yes. At the time, the NBA was had control over the New Orleans franchise. When you think about that trade or the non-trade, man, that could have been CP3's championship. Exactly. CP3 is a great player. Gary Payton has a championship when he won it down in Miami with Dwayne Wade and Shaq in mm-hmm. Alonzo Mourning. Even though he got cussed out on court for not paying attention, he got cussed out by Alonzo Mourning. <laughs> but, but I'm going to tell you what, what really made a decision for me. And this is a stat that we have not used before. As you look at the stats within Gary Payton's career, how many games are in an NBA season, Danny? 82. 82 games in the NBA season. The number of games that Gary Payton has started, I'm seeing 82, 79, 78, 82, 82, 81, 82, 82, a year of 50, probably got hurt. 82, but came back and did 82, 79, 82, 80, a couple more times of 82, where he started, started for a whole season, okay? Mm-hmm. Look at Chris Paul's career. Still an 82-game season. I have only, I only see that he started 80 games, more than 80 games, or equal to 80 games twice. So a stat that we have not used before, and it's all about availability. You not only have an NBA champion in Gary Payton, you not only have a person who has started really a whole season, not only in the NBA but in the college game, defensive player of the year, defensive player of the year in the NBA, mm-hmm. that's Gary Payton. I'm going GP all day and his trash talking. You hit on one of my points I was going to bring up around CP3 and his injury history, not being available to his team at crucial moments in his playoff runs over his career. Happened a couple times with the Clippers and a couple times with the Rockets when they were knocking on the door for that championship. and He wasn't, he wasn't available due to just being unlucky with his injury uh, history in his career. Gary Payton was a heck of a player. He was a leader for that team. And looking at the cards and comparing the stats, and if you look at the stats even, Gary Payton leads between the two except for assists. All that being said, if we're sitting here making this deal, I'm trying to give you CP3 so I can have Gary Payton in my portfolio. (laughs) I'm going with you on this one. I'm going Gary Payton. Just looking at it, I would rather have Gary Payton in mind and have you have CP3. We're in agreement here. Okay. Thank you for joining us at Backports Talk Podcast. You can also join us on Twitter by tweeting us at back underscore podcast. For more information, you can go to our website, which is backportstalkpodcast.com. You can also email us at backportstalkpodcast at gmail.com. Again, thank you for joining us. And remember that there's enough hate in the world. So go ahead and spread a little love.